Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hi, this is going to be for Second Samuel chapter 6. So this episode is going to be about Uzzah, who, who uh, gets killed because he studies the ark. It, it doesn't seem quite right, does it, that somebody who was trying to do something nice be so conscientious as to uh, prevent the ark from falling? Uh, anyway, we'll get into that and find out why that was okay and why the Lord did that, at least uh, from maybe our understanding. I don't know. And again, David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people that were with him from Baal to Ju- of Judah to bring up from thence the ark of God, whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts that dwelleth between the cherubims. And they set the ark of God upon a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinab, Abinadab that was in Gibeah and Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, drave the new cart, and they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was at Gibeah, accompanying the ark of God in Ahio, went before the ark. And David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord on all manner of instruments made of fir wood, even on harps and on psalteries and on timbrels and on cornets and on cymbals. And when they came to Nakan's threshing floor, Uzzah put forth his hand of the ark to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the ox shook it. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God smote him there for his error, and there he died by the ark of God. The ark of the covenant was a sacred vessel that housed some of the holiest objects in Israel's history. To touch the ark or its contents was strictly forbidden by the Lord. Only authorized Levites, and they only under certain specified conditions, could handle the sacred instruments. Uzzah may have exhibited some bold presumption when he sought to touch that which God had forbidden to be touched. Even if Uzzah's intention was simply to keep the ark from falling, it should be remembered that God was fully capable of steadying his own ark had he wished to do so. While much of the story is not known, it is an excellent example that that the commands of God are sacred and must be observed precisely as the Lord decreed. There are many modern-day implications. That was out of the Institute Manual. The account of Uzzah being smitten dead while attempting to save the Ark of the Covenant from toppling over raises questions in the minds of many readers. It seems so harsh when all was all he was doing was trying to serve a holy object from being harmed, or so it seems on the surface, but reflect for a moment on the incident. The Ark was the tangible object that symbolized the presence of God, his throne, his glory, his divine majesty. When first given to Israel, the ark was placed in the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle, and not even the priest was allowed to approach it. Only the high priest, a type of Christ, could approach it, and then only after going through the elaborate ritual of personal cleansing and propitiation for his sins. The holiness of God is clearly taught in Scripture. No unclean thing can dwell in his presence. His presence is like a consuming fire. Those who bear the vessels of the Lord must be clean, however well-meaning Yuza approached casually what could only be approached under the strictest conditions. He lacked faith in God's power. He assumed that the ark was in danger, forgetting that it was the physical symbol of the God who has all power. What man can presume to save God and his kingdom through his own efforts? Uzzah's offense 
consisted in the fact that he had touched the ark with profane feelings, although with good intentions, namely to prevent its rolling over and falling from the cart. Touching the ark, the throne of the divine glory and visible pledge of the invisible presence of the Lord, was a violation of the majesty of the holy God. Uzzah was therefore a type of all who, with good intentions, humanly speak, yet with unsanctified minds, interfere with in the affairs of the kingdom of God from the notion that they are in danger and with the hope of saving them. And that was by Keel. In modern revelation, the Lord made reference to this incident to teach that very principle. The Lord in, is in his heaven and does not need the help of men to defend his kingdom. Yet in our own time, we see those who fear the ark is tottering and presume to steady its course. We hear of those who are sure that women are not being treated fairly in the church, of those who would extend some unauthorized blessing to those not yet ready, or of those who would change the established doctrines of the church. Are these not ark steadiers? The best intentions do not justify such interference with the Lord's plan. David O. McKay applied this lesson to modern saints. It is a little dangerous for us to go out of our own sphere and try unauthoritatively to direct the efforts of a brother. You remember the case of Uzzah who stretched forth his hand to steady the ark. He seemed justified when the oxen stumbled in putting forth his hand to steady that symbol of the covenant. We today think that his punishment was very severe. Be he that be that as it may, the incident conveys a lesson of life. Let us look around us and see how quickly men who attempt unauthoritatively to steady the ark die spiritually. Their souls become embittered, their minds deteriorated, their judgment faulty, and their spirit depressed. Such is the pitiable condition of men who, neg who neglecting their own responsibilities, spend their time in finding fault with others. John Taylor taught, We have more or less of the principles of insubordination among us, but there is a principle associated with the kingdom of God that recognizes God in all things and that recognizes the priesthood in all things. And those who do not do it had better repent or they will come to a stand very quickly. I tell you that in the name of the Lord, do not think you are wise and that you can manage and manipulate the priesthood, for you cannot do it. God must be, God must manage, regulate, dictate, and stand at the head and every man in his place. The ark of God does not need steadying, especially by incompetent men without revelation and without knowledge of the kingdom of God and its laws. It is a great work that we are engaged in, and it is for us to prepare ourselves for the labor before us and to acknowledge God, his authority, his law, and his priesthood in all things. It's interesting that uh, as we tend maybe to criticize church leaders, that we don't know all the facts when we're doing that. Um, that the, that the brethren know more than we do, and that uh, the Lord knows more than we do, and so when when we we do try to do that, uh, we are out of line and shouldn't. Verse eight. And David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah, and he called the name of the place Perez Uzzah, which means breach of Uzzah to this day. And David was afraid of the Lord that day, and said, How shall the ark of the Lord come to me? So David would not remove the ark of the Lord unto him into the city of David, but David carried it aside into the house of Obed. Edom, the, Git, the Gittite, and the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. That means they, didn't, they never touched it, huh? <laughs> and it was told King David, saying, The Lord hath blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that pertaineth unto him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Edom, Obed-Edom into the city of David with gladness. 
And it was so that when they, were, when they that bare the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatlings. And David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was girded with a linen ephod. Can you just imagine? Uh, never mind. <clears throat> so David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark, and the Lord was shouting, and the Lord with shouting, and with the sound of the trumpet. And as the Lord... And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michal, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw, saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. I guess he wasn't a very good dancer. And they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in its place and the, in the midst of the tabernacle that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And as soon as David had made an end of offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. And he dealt among all the people, even among the whole multitude of Israel, as well to the women as men, to every one a cake of bread and a good piece of flesh and a flagon of wine, or perhaps a, a raisin cake. So all the people departed, every one to his house. Then David returned to bless his household, and Michal, the daughter of Saul, of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today, who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaids of his servants, as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovered himself i.e., in his joyful dancing, more of his body was exposed than she believed proper. Ooh, that's bad. 21. And David said unto Michal, It was before the Lord which chose me before thy father and before all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore will I play before the Lord, and I will yet be more vile than thus, and will be base in mine own sight and, in the, and, in, and of the maidservants which thou hast spoken of. Of them shall I be had in honor. Therefore Michal the daughter of Saul had no child until the day of her death. When the ark came, i.e. was carried, into the city of David, Michal the daughter of Saul looked out on the, of the windows, and there she saw David leaping and dancing before Jehovah, and despised him in, his heart, in her heart. Michal is intentionally designated the daughter of Saul here, instead of the wife of David, because of the, on this occasion she manifested her father's disposition rather than her husband's. In Saul's time, people did not trouble themselves about the Ark of the Covenant. Public worship was neglected, and the soul for vital religion had died out in the family of the king. Michal possessed teraphim, and in David she only loved the brave hero and exalted king. She therefore took offense at the humility with which, he, which, with, with which the king, in his pious enthusiasm, placed himself on an equality with all the rest of the nation before the Lord. The proud daughter of Saul was offended at the, at the fact that the king had let himself down on this occasion on, to the level of the people. She availed herself of the shortness of the priest's shoulder dress to make a contemptuous remark concerning David's dancing as an impropriety that was unbecoming in a king. With the words, Who chose me before thy father and all his house, David hum humbles the pride of the king's daughter. His playing and dancing referred to the Lord, who had chosen him and had rejected Saul on account of his pride. He would therefore let himself still further be, um, let's see, he would therefore let himself be still further despised before the Lord, i.e. would bear still greater contempt from men than that which he had just received and, and, he, and be humbled in his own eyes. Then would he also with the maidens attain to honor before the Lord, for whoso humbleth himself, him will God exalt. And that was by Keel. Anyway, that's the end of the chapter, and we'll see you next time. So the Ark of the Covenant's been brought into the city of David. See you next time. Bye.